It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am, I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm Zach Blackerby, and it's the best day of the week regarding the podcast. Uh, it's a Ferg Friday. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. How are you, my friend? I'm all right, dude. How are you? I'm good. I was told two different times um, <laughs> this week by by pretty close friends of mine that they uh, they only listen on Fridays. So oh no, so I no, appreciate no, 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 no. that. <laughs> you you need to get better friends, man. Uh, maybe so, or maybe they just hear enough of me uh, as it is, so they want to hear from you. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but uh, yeah, two different people told me that this week. I'm like, I'm not even mad. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Y'all are too kind. Too kind. So, uh, I hope no one else transfers out by the time I post this. Um, I think I think we're good. I think we're good. Maybe. What time do these usually go up? Yeah, I mean, it'll it'll go out early Friday morning. So what? Uh, ten hours from now? For ten hours from the recording? Um. <laughs> Yeah, Kamal Haddon is uh, the latest guy. Well, that's five in the last week. Is that yes. right? Fifth? Yes, five, five since last Friday. So this one surprised me in the sense that he just got here. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and he's just so talented, and it seemed like you know he had such a good A-day. Um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, Kamal Haddon, the junior college prospect, is, um, yeah, he has entered the transfer portal. Yeah, I think the thing with Kamal Haddon here is is that, you know, it's the same thing I kind of feel about Chris Thompson and some of these other dudes. There's like, you got to think about how much everything has changed since you signed, since you arrived. Right. None of the coaches that recruited you are here anymore. All right. You were playing a brand new system that you didn't sign up for. Yeah. So you go through spring practice if you're Kamal Haddon and you see, okay, I'm firmly second, third string corner, wherever you kind of sort it all out there with him. They're bringing in Drayshawn Miller, right? And that's going right. to cut into some opportunities. And, man, I'm a Juco player. Like, I, like I could sit here and wait it out, but if you're going to give me an opportunity to go ahead and, and bounce, I'm going to go do that. And so I think it's just guys making the best decisions for themselves. It hurts Auburn's depth right now, and you wonder developmental-wise how they'll be long-term because of this. Um, but, you know, it's it, it's one of those things where I think these guys are just like, all right, you've given me an out. You've given me an out right now. I'm going to go ahead and take it. It's the perfect time to do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it impacts the team that much this year, the Kamal Haddon news. I think mm-hmm. it impacts them more in 2022 after your corners leave. Right. But And it kind of makes me wonder, like, do they change now what they do with Tennyson, especially if they get that Kaufman guy from Vanderbilt, and you know, right. maybe you're able to put him at safety and then put – you know, Tennyson in the middle of the field, and it just kind of allows you to have, you know, essentially four corners that you're able to start pretty much anywhere on the field. That that'll be interesting. Do you expect that to happen at all? Yeah. So I've I've heard over the last couple of weeks that number one Zion Puckett needs to be a guy that we're talking about a lot more at safety um, really? moving forward. Okay. That you know, I had heard from a couple of people that before he went down with that injury that limited him, he was very impressive to, okay. the, new, to the new coaching staff. And he's a really good player. I mean, people forget Zion Puckett was a highly rated four-star dude coming out of coming out of high school. Right. Um, I, I think Puckett, you know, if you can get Puckett 
at back there. You have Kaufman as well. Um, is Puckett you know, more of a safety? Is he more yes. okay? And he and he's a and he's got experience at nickel. One of the interesting right. things that I went back and discovered, going through some quotes um, from from Springball, was talking to Derek Mason. He was talking about nickels, and he was like, you know, your nickel, you want either a guy who can kind of be your slot cornerback, or you want a guy who's as a safety who can give you a lot of help and run support and cover that way. And we kind of like the. I remember hearing that quote and kind of thinking, oh, either or, like that's kind of where you think. Now I'm kind of tuned to the fact that like maybe he was talking about we want one of both. And situationally, have a guy at nickel that you can play if you want him to be more like a corner in certain situations or if we want him to play at safety. So I think there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching going on. That a guy like Tennyson could be a nickel, could be a safety. And I think it's just going to depend on where they are, you know, what, what situation they're in. A guy like Nehemiah Pritchett can play inside and out. I think Roger McCreary definitely is a corner. Right. Uh, I think, you know, uh, Drayshon Miller, definitely a guy who's on the outside corner. I think smoke over the top that you know you've got that. That's that foundation. I think everything else can be kind of mixing and matching. So that's one of those things. Can that, you move that, Simpson that, inside? Can Simpson play I think, nickel? I think, I think Simpson could play nickel. And, yeah. I, and I think you have plenty of depth. If Marco Domeo is back to 100%, and there's you know good returns on on him from what from what I've heard. Okay, you've got plenty of depth at, at these spots. So for if you're Kamal Haddon, it's like yeah, I understand why you might be going right now. But um, yeah, I, I just think you know moving forward for Auburn, you know I'd be very curious to see where they figure out Tennyson's home. Tennyson got off to a really good start, I think, in, in spring ball at safety. I just yeah. think. You know, he might be better fit at nickel, and it was easier for Auburn to move somebody into nickel and cross train there. They didn't have anybody at safety this spring that was healthy outside of Smoke and, and Chris Thompson. I mean, shout yeah. out to Trey Elston. He stood in the gap for them this this spring by how well he played as a, as a walk-on with that second team. So sure. they need more safety help. That's why they're going after Kaufman. Um, and I think guys like Puckett, Amari Harvey, you know, and, and the incoming guys can help with that. Um, but I think it'll be very curious to see where they think Tennyson's best position is. Cause I think that's where a lot of this hinges on. So are, are you buying into the fact, you know, I guess it's still a rumor at this point, but it certainly seems like there's a lot of it with all of these guys that have entered the transfer portal, or at least some of the guys that have entered the transfer per, transfer portal over the past week that were guys that like weren't showing up on time and weren't buying into the culture. Are you, are you reading into that? Do you, do you think there's any validity there? I, I haven't heard anything like that. Really? I mean, I know the rumors are out there. Yeah. Um, I know that, you know, I, I know that guys are kind of looking in and 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 they've had pretty. I guess I guess the best way to think think about this is this. I think this current coaching staff from Harson down, it's been very honest with guys on. Hey, here's where we think about where we think you are right now. Here's where we think you fit in, mm-hmm. and people can. You know, people, depending on your perspective as a fan, you're gonna you're going to look at that one way or the other. Oh, they're pushing guys out, or oh, they're just being honest with them, and these guys want to go elsewhere. I kind of tend to be more of the latter, but you know, uh, I have not heard personally like this is just this widespread like, oh, these guys are lazy, these guys aren't working hard. You got to work hard to be in the position that they're in. But I think ultimately the culture. And everything. I mean, it's not what you signed up for. It is different. Yeah. And if you're not starting in this, um, you know, it makes a lot of sense to to possibly you know bounce. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at BetOnline.ag, the best place on the interwebs to place all of your sports 
Wagers, baseball is in full swing. The NBA is heating up as seedings for the playoffs start to get more and more clear. Some teams, if you feel like, you know, they're about to make a big stretch, I think you should kind of, uh, you know, I mean, get in on the action at betonline.ag. Promo code is locked on. What that gets you is when you sign up and you make your first deposit, you get that 50% welcome bonus. Promo code locked on. That's at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Jayford, you mentioned culture there, and that is something that now, and I guess you saw it a little bit, but after the Kamal had news of him transferring out, it's kind of been more fuel to the fire of the people that just want to like turn around and diss Gus and diss this culture right. that he left yeah. behind. Uh, I know you're a pro Gus guy, so I wanted to get your thoughts on that. I mean, do you think Gus just had this terrible culture where guys didn't want to show up on time? Are you buying into that at all? No, I think it's just different. I think Harson is more of a disciplinarian. Gus Malzahn comes more of the high school high school coach background. Um, you know, I'm not saying you know he let everything go because Auburn didn't really have discipline problems under Gus, especially in his last few years. Right. Um, but I think it's I think it's different. I, you have heard t- people talking about being on being there for meetings on time. You've heard about just kind of the attention to detail and the focus that Harson's brought to staff. And and yeah, that is a different vibe than what you got out of Malzahn. Um, and, and his staff, it's, you know, not quite as, um, you know, might, might not be quite as sticklers on certain things as it guys are right now. And so, yeah, I think, I think that's part of it, but I think ultimately these guys who are deciding to move, I think it's more of a football thing. Honestly, I think it's like, I'm looking at the depth chart. I'm not going to start. I didn't, none of the guys who recruited me here are still here. I'm not playing in the system that, that I was recruited to play, play in. And the here we go. The NCAA has given me an opportunity to go and you know be able to play right away and not have to sit out. So yeah. I'm going to take that. Tell me if you're seeing this too. A lot of riders, and I'm seeing this with local riders as well as national riders. I'm seeing it everywhere using the term when they ride or talk about the the you know the, this new rule, this one time free transfer that the NCAA has given these athletes is they're talking about it creating unintended consequences of players transferring. And I'm like, what do you mean unintended consequences? That the rule that allows guys to transfer, so therefore there's more guys transferring? Are you seeing the whole unintended consequence thing? Do you think that is an unintended consequence? I think that's literally why they made it. I think the one unintended consequence you got to watch out for is are there going to be enough spots? Because as the way the NCAA works right now, there is no 85 man count for this year, but there's still the 25 man count. You can do, you can play around with back counting and all that stuff, but you might go and leave, and that costs nothing to your team. You go leave, but like, okay, keep this in mind. Kamal Haddon's a great example. Okay. Kamal Haddon leaves this team. His scholarship's not free at that point. He signed, he's in. He counts to that, he counts to that 25 for this year for Auburn. So it's not like you can just plug and play and boop right there. And there are people who have run the numbers and done that and said, there's going to be a lot of guys who hit the transfer portal and there are not going to be room room for them left because the NCAA still is mandated. 
you can only bring in 25 guys and it's flexible with back counting and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But you have a cap of how many you can bring in at a time. So if you lose a bunch of dudes or if a bunch of dudes go out there, you might look around and it's like, oh, I'm good enough to play in the SEC. It's like, buddy, the SEC might not have that many spots for you to put to play. Right. Like. And that's, I think, the big one you've got to worry about. So either they've got to figure out a way to um, – I think the best way to do that is, is you've got to, I think, loosening up the restrictions on that 25-man cap would be very big, I think, especially in this era of, of heavy transfers. Yeah. Or guys are just going to have to make uh, make better decisions and 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 you know not pull the trigger unless they know for a fact that uh, that a spot's going to be there at a place, and then you start getting into tampering and illegal recruiting and all that stuff. Right. But, you know, I think that's I think those are the big ones. What you said is right, though. This is about bringing power to the players, and guys are going to take advantage of this because they're making the best decisions for them. And I think fans, media, whoever you want to say, I think we should be in favor of that. Sure. So the that is interesting, and I, I thought about it a little bit, but I guess the way you explained it kind of made me think, okay, Arth, normally you know Auburn wants to sign 23 or 24 guys or so to cl- get close to that number. Now I wonder if schools are just going to recruit like 18 or 19 guys so they have some wiggle room in the transfer portal. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's going to be one of the things you see moving forward. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, one of my best friends covers Clemson. Um, Clemson does not sign a lot of dudes in their classes normally, and it's usually why they don't have the number one, number two, number three class in the country. They'll sign 17, 18, 19 dudes. They'll all be awesome. They'll all be high five stars, right. but they don't get in the rankings. The interesting thing, though, is Clemson doesn't really use the transfer portal. They Dabo Swinney is big on, I get my guys, we keep our guys, we develop our guys. But I think with Dabo, you just kind of looked. They lost to Marcus Bowman to to, to Florida this offseason. That's a five-star right. uh, running back. Yeah. They might have to change that up a little bit. So I think guys, it seems like that are going to be more prepared. But, like, I think everyone's going to have it differently. Meanwhile, you have other schools that want to get the 25, want to take as far up to as you can. Well, you're not going to have that much flexibility when all your second stringers and third stringers decide to go somewhere else. I've said this point, too, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I think the most valuable guys in the transfer portal are going to be guys like Chris Thompson Jr. that transfer, and it's like, okay, they're a sophomore with four years of eligibility because of the COVID year, and they've already used their free transfer, so they're more likely to stay. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, and I think think that is what makes Donovan Kaufman like one of the biggest gets you can get. Yeah, it's the same situation. Yeah. Same situation. And and I was talking about this on the radio earlier this week. It's like, I don't want to say, because I think Chris Thompson Jr. is a great player. And I think he's going to be good wherever he goes. Me too. But like, it's an upgrade, so to speak. If you can get a dude like Donovan Kaufman, who's the exact same age, who his only advantage over Thompson is, I have SEC starting experience in the system where your defensive coordinator's at right now. Like, that I think is... Those guys are going to be very valuable. Look at a dude like Walker Kessler. Now, we think Walker Kessler is not going to be, you know, play out his eligibility at Auburn in basketball, but like getting these young dudes who can play right away and you're not having to wait on graduate Weedell transfers is going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be huge. It is, yeah. Wendell Green is a perfect yeah. example of it. And one of the interesting things I think for, for college football, and we talk about the new era of college, college football with the transfers and how everyone's got to operate. If you're a powerhouse school like Auburn, you're going to be affected by, what we've seen this past week, your second stringers and third stringers are going to go look to go somewhere else. I think is going to be more, more often than that because your starters are going to be happy where they are. They're going to stay and they're going to play. What's interesting now is what does this, what does this do to the group of five in the FCS? 
because you look at it now with the defensive tackle that Auburn is uh, uh, recruiting out of UAB mm-hmm. um, that made an offer. The Casey Duns of the world are about to be a lot more valuable, and, and you're going to see a lot more of them because if I don't, if I can play right away and I can get on a bigger stage and, and raise my draft stock, I'm going to go do that. And that's who it's going to be rough for some of those smaller schools to try to manage their roster because you can have a superstar that just bails. Right. And it's interesting to think about how it is going to impact recruiting because I would rather have a Chris Thompson or a, you know, a, a Kaufman, a guy that's got a year of experience, whether it's, you know, a guy that started all year like Kaufman or a, a reserve player that played in six games like Thompson. I'd rather have a guy like that coming out of the transfer portal with four years of eligibility. And he is, it's more difficult for him to transfer than going out and getting a four-star safety from high school. Yeah, I mean, that's it's going to be an interesting case to see how you build up your depth. And I think what your point you made earlier is right. I don't think I don't think we're going to see maxing out your high school classes at this point. I think you're going to cut a little bit lower and know that, hey, if we sign five or six defensive linemen, well, those five or six defensive linemen are not all going to start at the same time. Right. That's just math at that point. And so, yeah. you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to play around with it. And, and one of the crazy things about college football is this, you have 85 scholarships to play with because you need depth and you need all that and, and, and how much money the sport brings in. But how many dudes actually really contribute to a football team year in and year out? 40, 45, right. 50, maybe at the max. So there's always going to be dudes who are going to be looking elsewhere. You're right. You're right. Jay Ferg joining us. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the planet. I know a lot of you have tried Built Bar. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? They've got a ton of them. Coconut, coconut almond. Not a huge coconut fan. I've made that very, very clear. Mint brownie. <laughs> peanut butter brownie is my favorite. Double chocolate's good. Salt and caramel is one of my favorites. There's something for everyone. So, all of these bars, they're great for you. A couple of the bars uh, have, you know, 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. Very, very good. Order today at BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That is at BuiltBar.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Jay Ferg, Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer joining us. And the reason I love being a subscriber to the Auburn Observer is every now and then you'll think you've got a good grasp of what the front seven is going to look like. And then (laughs) when I think it was on Tuesday, you drop a super in-depth article about a defensive tackle that I have not been talking about a whole lot. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I am ready to run through a wall and fight for Marquise Burks. And I'm like, I wasn't ready for that. But thank you, Justin. Yeah, Marquise Burks, man. I mean, I, like I said in the story, uh, and you can read it at the Observer if you're a subscriber. 
spring practice can be divided into two halves for Auburn's defensive tackles. You have the Jeremiah Wright uh, half, and then you have the Marquise Burks half. Because when Wright went right. down, it was like, all right, who's next? Is it JJ Hardy? Yeah, is it JJ Pegues? <laughs> is it Jay Hardy? Is it uh, Zachevius Walker uh, playing that position? And they were moving dudes around, but it was like, no, nah, man, Marquise Burks is getting a lot of first team reps. I thought he looked really good in the eight A game. Um, he he is a he, he's a he's an interesting uh, cat up front. And I'll say this: he's huge. He was at, like size when everybody was bulking up this offseason, He didn't have to; <laughs> like he was already right. as big as a house. This is a dude who was a two hundred thirty pound edge rusher coming out of high school he comes in auburn at 315 pounds and so he's got the body of a big defensive tackle some could even play some of that nose position when they go three down right but he's got the mindset of it of a pass rusher and he's got some really good pass rushing moves for his size it looks like i mean auburn's had a few of these guys in the past Derek brown was obviously the big example but you look at like mon adams some of these other dudes in the past at defensive tackle for auburn are like oh wow they're big but they can get after the quarterback I think that's what Marquise is going to bring to the table. And the dude, dude has worked hard to get to this spot, man. Like, like I said, yeah. he's completely changed who he is over the last couple of seasons and fought hard to get it, get it. He wanted to be a power five dude coming out of Juco and Auburn was the one that took a chance on him. And looks like a, it looks like it was a pretty good move. Does he still play high to you? That first step, it just seems like he stands up a lot. This was something that Colby Wooden talked about in the spring. And he okay. was like, he was like, I think he mentioned this because like whenever I, you know, I, I, I sit there and be like, you know, that might look a little high to me. It was like, what do I know about playing defense? Sure. Line? Right. But, yeah. But when I hear a guy say, yeah, he's been really working on getting his pad level. Uh, and we're really working on it. I think yeah. that's something that they're going to keep in mind with him. And man, there is no better. I mean, he, you talk about coming from a guy like Rodney Garner, elite defensive line coach in the sec well now you're replacing the guy who's coaching now he's only been doing it in the nfl for over a decade so uh-huh. i think that technique stuff with him is going to be able to clean up and 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 get a lot better but man he is he is powerful he is yeah. powerful and he's got really good speed for his size you're right he moves really really well yeah and sign up uh, at the auburn observer right now this second and uh, yeah, you'll you'll see you'll see great um, great content like that, and you you put a lot of gifs in there as well. So auburnobserver.com, right? This is the easiest way to do it. Yes, sir. Auburnobserver.com. When you when you go there for the first time, it'll say, "Hey, put in your email here." Um, you'll click on it. They'll give you a link, and and, and uh, you know you can you can sign up for their subscribe. Uh, Six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year. Easiest way to do it. Or uh, if you just want to check it out and see what the site looks like, there's a little thing that says like, "Let me read it first kind of bounce around there and what we tell people all the time is the best the best gateway for what we're, we've got going on uh is the weekend podcast we usually put them up on sundays free wherever you listen to your podcast to search auburn observer and if you subscribe we give another premium one during the midweek as well usually on wednesdays or thursdays all right justin before i let you go we got a question from um this member of the discord their gotcha. name is just war eagle so mm-hmm. very original um, Zach and Justin, if y'all could give your opinions on this, something I've noticed is people mention Auburn recruited so well under Gus Malzahn. Well, statistically mm-hmm. and team rankings-wise, we did. However, if you go back and look at the number of players left on the team, then half of every recruiting class pretty much leaves or gets kicked off the team, and it's usually our higher-rated recruit. So in my personal opinion, I feel like a top-10 team would have been ranked in the 20s, thus still having the illusion of a top-10 recruiting class, but not really having them. Maybe this is why we haven't been able to compete consistently. Hopefully, Harson can recruit and bring stability. What are your thoughts on that? 
you know, a lot of people always bring this up. And my thing is, is that I just honestly don't know what attrition looks like everywhere. And so I don't know how we can kind of compare it. I did run the numbers earlier this week during the Gus Malzahn era. Um, you got about eight to 12 or 13 guys per class that did not finish up here. And that's, you know, that's, that's a number that you don't like, you know, right off that, it sounds bad, but I think attrition is going to be happening everywhere now. And I think the portal is just going to make it bigger. The one interesting exception out of all this crew was in 2017, they only had four guys leave early. Mm -hmm. And, um, but the funny thing there is I was like, okay, well, you know, how much did that help them long-term? And so what I did was I looked at all the, I looked at all the, uh, the classes and I I was going to write a story about this, but it ended up not having enough to actually write a full story on it. I did the four year record of each class and then said, okay, is there a correlation between how many people leave and how, how much, how much better you are down the road? Interesting. Uh, Was there? And, no, not at all. It was all kind of just got it. You know, the sm- the classes that didn't have a lot of attrition and the classes that had a ton of attrition, about the same. Okay. You know, in, in long term. So, uh, you know, without knowing how it's like for everybody, which that's really difficult to figure out because yeah. you you know you have to go through it. I-, I will say this: there might be some of that with Harson moving forward, where guys you know come in, know what they're buying into, they buy into the culture, they stay stay around. But just like we've said throughout this entire podcast. You're a second or third stringer. It's about to be a lot easier for it's you to, different to move on. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be a lot easier to move on. So I think, yeah, I think for Auburn fans, um, the recruiting was better. One of the interesting things that I had in a conversation this week on Twitter about the recruiting was better. Auburn produced more NFL draft picks, <clears throat> excuse me, under Gus Malzahn than any other head coach in the modern era for Auburn. Right. Interesting case though to to look out for, and when you talk about development moving forward, Auburn recruited at a really high level. They tied for 20th in the amount of first-round picks during the Malzahn era nationally. Sure. When you recruit in the 10s and the 12s, <clears throat> sorry again, <laughs> when you recruit at the in, you know in the late the late uh, single digits and the early in the early double digits, you probably want to have a lot more of that. So I think even though the recruiting was better, you can say things like, "Oh well, you beat Nick Saban more than anybody else. You had some really good years with Malzahn. You got more guys into the league." there's still room to grow under Harson and in that top level development, I think is going to be big moving forward because everybody wants more first rounders. And when yeah. teams like Louisville and uh, uh, Stanford and, and Washington are, are putting more first rounders in the league than you, that's something that you want to want to get better at. Yeah. Yeah. Then your two biggest rivals are just churning them out. <laughs> just, just absolutely. Just, just shredding everyone. It's in, tough in, to in see. That. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Jay Ferg, thank you so much, man. What are what's uh what's coming up at the Observer? Uh, mailbag today, is that right? Yeah, mailbag today. A uh, lot of transfer talking there, uh, so you can you can check that out yeah. uh, a little bit more uh, in depth on some of those those topics. Um, yeah, earlier this week, uh, Thursday, uh, we didn't talk any basketball in this in this podcast, but I found some really interesting stats about Jalen Williams and playing with centers what that means for Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler and what all could happen for this roster, how, how the front court all fits together. You can check that out at the Observer as well. And then next week, yeah, we're on Transfer Watch. We're on Recruiting Watch. Uh, we've got a lot more stuff to dig into from spring practice as, as we roll on on football and basketball. And if you sign up, 
like I said, about three or four stories a week. We, I, I'm going to try to hold hold myself to it during during the off season. You will get at least one basketball story a week. That's really my, that's my that's my that's Ooh. my plan. I'm hoping I can stick to it. Okay. We've done it for the last few weeks, um, but uh, yeah, you did that couple at least at least two football stories a week, and then like we said, that premium podcast that we put out awesome. in the middle of the week. AuburnObserver.com. Thank you so much, brother. Talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Thank you. That's Justin Ferguson. I'm Zach Blackerby. This has been Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.